Hi, welcome to the Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Wilkinson, aka The Online Coach. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Online Coach Co. Otherwise, check out my website, theonlinecoach.co. All my information, training plans are all there. I've been in the fitness industry for nearly a decade now. I've helped hundreds of people achieve their health and fitness goals through simple and proven methods. On this week's show, I'm being boring. We're talking about running again. It won't be for the whole show. And, you know, it'll kind of relate to weight training and how each can benefit each other, if that makes sense. The benefits, the drawbacks, and kind of just how to balance the whole thing as they're quite opposites and how to get the most from them both. What are the best leg strengthening exercises for runners? That was Kyle. It's his first time asking a question on the show. I work with him. He's a really good runner, really, really good runner. Um, he's far better than me. Um, but obviously, his world is running. My world's weight training. Let's see what he can take from my advice. As well as talking about weight training and running, most importantly is your nutrition, your diet. How do you fuel both? How do you make gains in the gym as well as being a half decent runner? How do you not lose muscle? And how do you just feel good doing all that at once? I'll talk about calories, macros, and all that good stuff as well. But first, let's start with the questions. Hello guys, and welcome to episode 24. Um, yeah, I'm gonna come out again. I'm not doing very well in December for scheduling my podcasts and actually getting them out on time. This was supposed to be out last Monday. It's here this Monday. Um, took a little bit of a downturn on the listens recently. I think I might have scared a few people off. Although, let's face it, not that many people are into fitness in December. Um, especially with a lot of gyms being closed as well. And You know, it's not really the greatest of atmospheres in the fitness industry at the minute. Um, it's hard enough for a lot of people as it is. Then you've got to factor in all the COVID stuff and the tier systems and all that. But that's the last thing I'm going to say about that. Um, thank you very much for being here again. One more episode after this scheduled will take us to 25. And then that will end the series before there'll be a bit of a break. A bit of a uh, um, a bit of a shake-up, let's say. Reassess things, go at a different angle, try something new in Season 2. But for the next two episodes, we'll keep the formula about the same and we'll, we'll see how we get on. So Kyle asked the best strengthening exercises for runners. Now, globally, there's going to be um, the best strengthening exercises for your lower body in general. Um, there's not going to be any magical differences that are going to, you know, strengthen football players' legs um, or strengthen runners' legs differently, or um, people just generally training for health and well-being strength. So. Um, the basics, really, we'll get them out of the way first. So, compound lifts, squats, deadlifts, um, lunges, split squat variations, all those things that target all the lower body musculature at once. In rep ranges, anything from, well, I mean, you could go as low as maybe three or four, up to potentially, and for runners as well, strength endurance, you could go quite high with the reps, maybe around 20, maybe a little bit higher. 
but if you're actually focusing on strength you need to keep those reps a little bit lower and the weight higher now that's the easy and obvious stuff i won't dwell on this now i'll, I'll get on to the more um, complex stuff the gray areas and we'll just see how we get on with that so first we got to look at almost why you want to be strong why do runners need to be strong a lot of runners don't think they need to be strong however the average and i'm not a scientist this is not my specialist area um, but it's around two to four times body weight of the force that's going through the joint on the landing foot as you land every single time so well if you're 150 pounds which is relatively light let's face it um each time you hit the surface you're looking at anything from around three to four hundred and fifty pounds of force going through that joint now i'm gonna get my calculator up again i could have been prepared but i'm not so let's look at that so let's go 150 pounds we'll go on the lower end you know so we'll go uh we'll just go two times times two 300 now the average cadence for a runner so that's every time um the amount of impacts on the impact steps <laughs> the speed of your steps basically per minute is around 160 better runners are more like 170 but if you're going faster it's more like 155 somewhere around there so we'll go slap bang in the middle of around 160 now bear in mind this is just on one leg so we'll half that number oh my god did you follow that well basically every minute one foot or one leg is going to be making contact and force is going to be going through that leg with the floor about 80 times so times that 300 by 80 every minute you run if you weigh 150 pounds this is this is detrimental it sounds a lot worse than it is but there's 24,000 pounds of force going through that leg if your legs are weak brittle they can't absorb forces you're gonna ruin your knees you're gonna ruin your joints you're gonna get injuries and lo and behold a lot of runners that do a lot of running no matter how good they get at running they'll still have injuries so to me the obvious thing that suggests is something is missing you get these high-end people that literally run 50 miles a week more than that maybe why do they have injuries how how do they have injuries they should be so adapted to what they're doing it should be a piece of can't swear but it should be it should be really easy if you're that high end and your body's that used to it why do you get injuries doing the thing you're training to do now i can understand if you stepped outside your box if you were a runner that you know does hundreds of miles um regularly if you run more days than you rest um, you've been doing it for years and you go and try and play basketball and you get an injury fair enough but a lot of runners get injuries doing the thing they're training to do so like i said something's missing which could be strength training so apart from the regular standard lifts your compound lifts your squats lunges all that good stuff deadlifts etc um, i would suggest once you have got to a good level and you've got a really good foundational strength in these lifts move on to some really really low volume plyometrics um, plyometrics is basically jumping but it's not jumping it's about rebounding um, and just basically training your body to become strong in absorbing and then reapplying force through the ground so um, you might be on a step box you might 
hop off on one leg and as soon as you land on that one leg you rebound straight back up in the air fast as you can high as you can and then control the landing now just jumping off jumping up and landing that doesn't seem like a lot but you really don't need to do a lot of this maybe once or twice a week um, and you could just start with three sets of five and you're looking for quality over quantity um, Plyometrics should always, always, 100% of the time, not even 99% of the time, should be done for absolute quality. Once you start to lose any quality in a rep, you should just end the plyometrics and move on to the next part of your session. This is not something you want to be doing a lot of volume in. Um, now, I'm just going to kind of diverge a little bit, if that's the right word. Um, I have this on and off love-hate thing with CrossFit. I still like it. I do like it, a lot of things I hate, but a lot of their workouts, they're doing idiotic, idiot, this is the right word to describe it as well, idiotic amounts of plyometrics exercises um, in training, competitions, etc. Like, the knees, man, they're just gonna get blown out. Like, they're not designed for that. And this is my problem with CrossFit, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> God, they use and abuse a lot of training principles, but it is what it is. Um, right, so yes, basic strength lifts, check. Um, low volume plyometrics, check. Um, and then, let's face it, whilst this is gonna contradict what I kind of just said, um, if you wanna get good at something, you have to actually do it. So, yes, running is gonna make you better at running. Now, if you wanna improve your strength, um, with running. Other options you could do is maybe run on a kind of a boggy surface, so if there's a, a boggy field near you, um, sand, we don't have beaches. Denmark round here in Manchester, we're not that fortunate. Um, basically, slower surfaces, which is actually going to make your legs have to work harder to generate force because you don't get that rebounding effect like you would on a concrete with a nice foam wedge of a really expensive running shoe if you're running say barefoot on the beach your body has to work a lot harder at that and this is really good because it's actually appropriate strength as well it's not like um, while squats lunges etc do carry over well for improving lower body strength for running it isn't actually running so there's always going to be a little bit lost on the efficiency whereas if you get yourself on a beach um, a grass field with some minimal footwear on that's going to actually not help propel you forward maybe even get a little weighted vest on there and do some um, mid-level shorter kind of sprints that's really going to help your lower body strength and explosive power and then really the only other kind of thing i'd suggest is get better at running faster so it's so obvious but to get better at running faster you have to run faster um, Running faster will increase the forces through the joints, but over obviously a shorter period of time, so it's not as um, it's not as risky, basically. But then actually, again, the specificity of like running on the beaches or running on fields, um, it's got that really good carryover, and it just gets your body used to actually absorbing forces at faster pace. So when you come back down to actually running your normal distances, it feels easy. Not easy, but you know what I mean. Now, the other kind of interesting part is regarding the strength training, actually. Um, 
in general strength training for runners, athletes, whatever. And this does apply to athletes as well because running's obviously the main part of a lot of sports. Upper body and core. Now, honestly, some runners, um, maybe I fall into that. I don't think I do, but um, will still train their upper body. So like chest, upper back, shoulders, arms, all the good stuff basically. Um, and kind of argue that it's gonna help them run because of the arm drive. Um, it's not, it's really not. Doing bicep curls is not gonna make you a better runner, more faster, more powerful, stronger, you know, better arm drive. I, I wish I could sit here and say, you know, I don't wanna say a bad word against bicep curls, but it's just not gonna make a difference. Bench pressing, nope, pull-ups, nope you're wasting your time you're wasting your effort it would be better spent on any of the previous things i've just stated or actually running or just doing something like the bike or cross training or something um chest flies shoulder presses oh, i'm just rinsing off all my favorite exercises it's not going to make you a better runner now it might make you look better so when you roll up to the start line in your little running vest you might have an edge over the other runners straight away <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's ridiculous. So childish. Um, no, you won't. That's it, really. I mean, if you want to be the best possible runner you can be, do not waste your time benching, doing lap pull downs or anything like that. Now, if you want to be 75% uh, as good a runner as you can be, and you also like to go on holiday and take your shirt off and look mint, you know, it's not really going to do any harm. It's not really going to slow you down. It might add a little bit of extra weight in your upper body that you don't need, which actually could slow you down a fraction. But are you really going to be bothered if you run a 10k 30 seconds slower? A minute slower, maybe, than you than you wanted to an ideal time? No, because you're not a professional runner. And it's kind of good to be good at everything. And that's my view on it. You know, if I really committed to this kind of new running thing that I've got into over the last uh, two to three months, yeah, something like that, I would have jacked in the the body bodybuilding style of training that I've been doing um, because it doesn't help towards running and if anything it takes away from. Um, now the other aspect of training is the core core stability, core strength, which is yeah I can get on board with that for helping runners. However, I would say that is probably um, right at the bottom of the food chain for priorities. I think. I think core strength is quite, um, I think it's overrated, and you won't hear many PTs saying that. But, well, the way I look at it is, is you doing a few lying leg raises and a few planks variations and stuff like that going to make you a better runner? Is it? Just from a common sense perspective, is it? Is it? I don't think it is. It might help um, indirectly. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm scratching around for some of that. It's not going to do any harm like adding a load of bulk in your upper body, wood in your arms. Um, it could help protect and stabilize the hips, which might in the long term. Uh, yeah, I'm really scratching around for something here. Um, make you more stable when you run, yeah. kind of help your knees and stuff, 
it's not going to do any harm. It isn't going to do any harm. It's not really going to take away from your running, but I would literally put it in the order of, if you want to be a good runner, first you have to run, distances, slow miles, lots, build up your aerobic capacity. The next step under that is actually working on your speed. Um, so hill sprints, running on grass, sand, whatever, all that stuff. Next step under that, or maybe just kind of just on that step with it is um, lower body strength training. I'd say I'd put it on that same step to be honest, like a little pyramid. Um, strength training, the main lifts, um, squats, deadlifts, that I said right at the beginning, the basics. And then under that comes plyometrics, which is your next step underneath that. And then under that comes core training um, and general mobility and um, maintenance work. So like any good car, if you look after it and you want it to last, you need to get it MOT'd and serviced regularly, check the tires, check the oil. And I'd say foam rolling, all that good stuff. That should be part of it anyway. I wouldn't even put that on a step, to be honest. Um, and then under all of that is your, like I said, core training. And under that right at the bottom is upper body. I mean, if you did some weird rotational upper body stuff, like functional patterns kind of thing. If you're not checked out functional patterns, Nadi, Naudi Aguilar. Ooh, I butchered that. Um, some of the stuff is groundbreakingly interesting um, some of that stuff it's all basically long story short it's all based around running um, it's very culty I'm not going to say anymore but some of that stuff is interesting and then if you argued that was upper body strength training then you could do that that's functional patterns <laughs> go and have a look it's quite funny some of it but I mean it is okay I'm okay with it I have no opinion on it, I'm indifferent. Um, and that's pretty much it for the training aspects and improving your lower body strength and strengthening to improve your running. And yes, this applies to athletes as well. If you play a sport, unless it's snooker, which is not a sport, it's a game, um, this applies to you as well because the main part of football, you know, basketball is, involves running. Yes, basketball and stuff, you could say jump in and but that's that's still only you know you probably spend a very fraction of the time doing that a lot of it is running and um, rugby all that stuff so it does apply apply them in that order um and that kind of caps off that section so we'll move on to the section talking about um, basically how to balance strength training and running how to actually eat right basically um recover and little tips and tricks basically for balancing them both so, over the last three months, you might or might, might or might, may or may, 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 you may or may not know. <laughs> Excuse me. That's not a good start to a section, but anyway, we'll roll with it. Um, I have been really enjoying running. Um, quick background, basically, at the beginning of the very first lockdown, or kind of halfway through it, um, not being able to do sport, obviously gyms were shut, um, I did the odd run just because I wanted to keep some form of cardiovascular fitness because I was used to playing sport once a week um, and doing two two yeah two spin classes a week as well so that's three set lots of cardio a week and then on top of that I would do um, three or four weight training sessions and that was kind of my nice blend of cardio and strength training 
Obviously with that taken away, I got into running a little bit once a week. It was a token gesture, pretty pathetic. Actually, I was all right. Um, I wasn't bad at all, but I was doing it all wrong. Long story short, um, trying to run too fast. I didn't enjoy the runs. Knees ached, things ached, etc., etc. I didn't make any progress with it. You know, I thought, and I had tried to run a few times in the past, so I figured it out. Um, I said I figured it out. Look at me. I've been doing it for three months. I think I'm an expert. Well, I figured out the basics, basically, um, things that you should be doing. And you know what? I don't know whether, well, it is obviously because I have a little bit of a background in this area, health and exercise and all that good stuff, but it's amazing um, looking at people who have been running for a longer period of time, seem to maybe even years, like plenty of years, um, that still, that still, that don't seem to understand the basics um, of everything that I've been researching over the last few months and what I've put into practice for myself, which has helped me tremendously get a lot better. Um, and it's nothing its nothing that crazy, really. Dog bloody barking. Hey. Hey. Trying to record a podcast here. Bloody dog. Um, if anybody wants a cockapoo, let me know. Free to a home doesn't have to be a good one but anyway back to the running um long story short running slower and actually getting more miles and time under your belt of actually running in these lower heart rate zones that aren't as strenuous will build a much better aerobic foundation which will allow you to run faster when you actually push it now the beauty of that given that my current goal which I'm still working towards, which I'm really enjoying, is to add muscle and size, because in the gym I'm training like a bodybuilder, um, whilst actually improving with my running. Now over the last three months, I've made significant, um, significant progress in both actually, and I'm over the moon. So you have to take a little bit of a pinch of salt at the minute, um, because a few years ago I was a lot bigger um, had more muscle mass in general and some of my progress at this point is a rebound so I don't know whether the fact that if I was trying to build new muscle this running would get in the way of it or whether I'm getting away with it at the minute just because it's rebound muscle if that makes sense but the beauty of running at lower heart rate zones in order to improve your running is also the most preserving kind of um, tempo for actually preserving muscle and not wasting away basically. If you push yourself too hard on a run for too long, too often, your body is going to go into a state, um, not necessarily, God, I've just had a fizzy drink, can't stop burping, um, is going to go into a state where it will not necessarily lead to muscle being used for energy and protein being used for energy whilst you're running because i've heard a lot of rules of like if you run for over 30 minutes your body starts burning muscle at that point i'm not into that not into that no not into that at all however if your overall stress through a week is way too high killing yourself running 
your body's not going to be able to pull any resources or put any resources towards actually building muscle and getting stronger it's going to be focusing on just trying to recover from you blitzing yourself whereas if you run several times a week at these really steady paces almost like a long power walk maybe not that slow but you get the point that's not very strenuous on your body so it actually gives you a really good foundation for running with your aerobic fitness and it isn't any stress or doesn't take away from your weight training bodybuilding whatever you want to call it um, and so far it's been awesome I love trying to balance both of them because like I've said numerous times it's a general mind F that a lot of people think you can't be good at both um, now it's not that simple there is a lot more to it there's a nitty gritty but the basics are there if you generally run slower with you know strategically placed harder effort runs in there and longer runs and shorter runs different distances which I'm still testing still trial and error trial and error I can't even talk today I can tell I've not done a podcast for two weeks um, I've just lost my train of thought as well um, I can't remember but basically run slower build your aerobic base throw in some faster runs some harder runs that um, you well nourished for and then weight train as you would now I would say most of the time because I've tried it the other way I would do your weight training sessions first in a day if you're going to do both in a day now I've done both and I've even done easy short runs and it still takes away from your weight training which is to be expected because weight training is the most strenuous it requires the most um, effort from the body to actually perform at I'd do that first however I would leave at least four hours between sessions where possible and you need to cram a load of calories in do not you don't you dare go into that running session after a weight training session hungry malnourished um, I, I definitely want two meals in me between weight training and running especially if I'm trying to maximize muscle growth um, if you can't get two meals in you I would have two snacks and one main meal so it might be a small snack straight after a bodybuilding session so it might be um, we'll stick to the bro snacks protein shake and banana and then within an hour after that have an actual full meal and then maybe one or two hours after that have another snack which might be um, another piece of fruit maybe some peanut butter um, protein bar you know something like that before you go on your run um, if you go on your run on an empty stomach after weight training that ain't gonna work very well it's just not your body's then gonna take away um, it's going to take away basically from everything you've tried to do in the gym um, and it's just going to be too much for your body to cope with so getting high protein a lot of carbs um, in your system is going to make sure that your body can use that fuel for energy and it doesn't have to pull from its other resources basically um, i've been going quite and for me this is funny because i'm a big fan of dietary fat but i've been going really quite low with my uh my fat it's about 15 to 20% of my overall diet 
Um, usually it's anything from 20 to 30%, but I've been trying to basically get a pound, a pound, a gram per pound of body weight of protein. So obviously that's, that fits with my um, muscle building goals. I'd say that's just a staple amount that people should be aiming for. And then the rest have been carbs. Some days, if I've done, say, um, an upper body weight training session and then I go for a run later on, I've been easily hitting 450 grams of carbs in a day. And that's been quite reserved. Being quite reserved. Um, my general day macros looks... Whilst I'm trying to cut back a little bit as well on body fat, I'm trying to do too much really, but um, it's about 400 grams of carbs a day, 200 grams of protein a day, and about 100 grams of fat per day. If it's a bigger session, I'm tired, I've been doing a lot of um, other stuff, I've been on my feet most of the day, I'll eat a bit more. But general calories are around three, three and a half thousand every day. Um, and I'm hungry for them as well. So I'm um, sitting about 14 stone, it's quite heavy for a runner. Yeah normal guy weight really what can i say um but yeah yeah eat plenty basically is what i'm trying to say leave as much space between them as you can don't be afraid to do both on the same day um they will actually help each other obviously improving your cardiovascular fitness will help you towards the end of sets when you get tired so if you're doing high rep squats um or even just high rep upper body work your lungs and heart are not going to fail you towards the end of the set, which means you can actually push the muscle further, which means you might actually get more gains because of running. Wouldn't that be something? And that pretty much wraps up this, this episode. Um, I hope you've enjoyed it. I feel like I've just talked about stuff that I want to talk about, but it's my podcast. Anyway, I hope we all had a good Christmas because... I'm recording this just before Christmas, which I'm not supposed to tell you, and it came out just after Christmas. Um, a belated Merry Christmas, and I will see you all next week in theory, but we'll see about it. Thanks for listening.